Well, good evening and welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Apostle Milton Jones. I'm so glad you took the time out to join us tonight. Man, we're going to have a good time in the Word of God in the name of Jesus. If you're here in the Canadian area, I want to wish you a, a happy Thanksgiving that's coming up on Monday. I know in the States it's not Thanksgiving yet, not into November, but here in Canada is great old Thanksgiving where we take the time out to give thanks for we're truly grateful for all the things that God has done for us. So we're going to spend some time with family and friends just thinking about the good of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the faithfulness of God that leads a man or woman to repentance. Well, man, we're going to jump back into the series we started last week talking about you are locked and loaded and how we talked about in the very beginning that God wanted to do a total uh, makeover with you. You know, it reminded me of a show that used to be out there years ago called Total Makeover. And in that show, what they would do, they would take somebody who was just, I mean, they look like your ordinary person and everything. And, you know, they might, you know, wear baggy clothes to try to conceal things. They might do all kinds of things to try to to cover up all their imperfections, but then they would bring them on the show, and not only did they do a new makeover with it with clothes, with makeup, but the ultimate thing they was trying to do was trying to get them to have a different image about themselves and to see themselves differently than the way that they see themselves right now. And that's the whole goal of this series, and, and, and God's plan and purpose for this series is for you and I and everyone who is either in the body of Christ or those who who you know God has drawn them into Himself trying to see what their image and what they're supposed to look like and not only do you get born again but when you get born again you become locked and loaded in jesus name so i'm going to go ahead and make this declaration we're going to jump right into the word of god in the name of jesus i make this declaration in accordance to isaiah 61 and 1 it says this it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain, to open the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. Glory to God. He says, and to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise. We thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but Father, let it be in demonstration of spirit and power, that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the Most High God. Father God, I decrease that you may increase all of you and none of me. Father God, right now, yet let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer, writing the very oracles of your word upon the tablets of their hearts. Father, I thank you that you have given unto them eyes to see, and, and I thank you that you have given them ears to hear, and I thank you, Father God, that you their hearts are open and receptive and ready to receive the engrafted word of God that will ultimately change their lives forever. Now, Father, I covenant with you and give you glory, honor, and praise for the miracles, signs, and wonders that you shall manifest today as you see fit. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say amen. Now, somebody, I heard somebody ask a question. Why do you always make that declaration before you begin to minister the word of God? And I'll tell you, years ago, I was uh, in prayer, and he said, God, I felt impressed by the Spirit of God. He said, this impressed in my spirit that every time you get ready to minister my word, I want you to announce 
who you are. I want you to announce what it is that you have come to do. And when people believe on what it is that, that you are announcing unto them, that what you've come to do, he says, I will demonstrate it in their lives and in their situations and in their circumstances. See, if I come and I don't have any knowledge of who I am, what it is I'm called to do and what it is I'm expecting God to do through the course of the service, then you don't have anything to get have faith in, uh, total assurance or total reliance, not in me, but what it is that the word of God says that I'm coming there to do. Uh, you know, it's interesting that when you read in, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, this was the same place where Jesus read, where he announced the start of his ministry and exactly what was going to happen every time he ministered the word. What well, he says, man, I've been sent. In fact, I've been anointed by God and I've been sent by God and I've been sent by God. And these are the things that he sent me there to do. He sent me there to, to you know, to bind up the brokenhearted. He, he sent me there to proclaim liberty or freedom freedom to those who are in captive and to open the prison to those who are bound. Now, prison does not necessarily mean that you're behind bars. Prison, you could be a prisoner in your own mind. You could be a prisoner of your, the way that your family raised you or, or the traditions or the, the nature or the culture by which you grew up by. You can be a prisoner and hurts and you can be a prisoner, all these things. He says, but I'm sending you to go forth and minister my word to them to be able to set the captive free, open up the prison to the about, heal the brokenhearted. He says, and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God. Now he's not talking about revenge, like God is going to get revenge on somebody, but he says, I'm going to restore unto you that which was taken, that which was stolen, that what was, was robbed from you. And man, he, God is a good, 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 good father. And see, the thing about it is he says, and when you do this, they will see you do the works, but God will be the one who will receive the glory for it is he who does the work through you. Because if you go on to read uh, verse four, it talks about now that they know that they're anointed to do these things. Now, when they go and they do these things, this is what's going to happen. They're going to build up the old ways. What's that? Restoration. They're going to raise up the former desolations. What's that called? Restoration. And they're going to repair the waste cities, the desolation of, of many generations. What's that called? Restoration. What is it God going to do? He's going to restore back to the people. He's going to restore back to them that he's sending you to. He's going to restore back to them life. He's going to restore back to them identity. He's going to restore back to them purpose. And he's going to use you and he's going to use me. And whosoever makes themselves available, he's going to get back to them what was stolen from them many, many years ago in the name of Jesus. Do you understand that? Why? That is why every time before we minister, it doesn't matter whether we're ministering on, on live stream, in a service, in a meeting, at a camp, it doesn't matter. Whenever we get ready to you know, speak on the word of God, the first thing we do is make this declaration so you know that the anointing is there, the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God is there to meet the needs of mankind regardless of what those needs are in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. I'm already preaching. I ain't even got into it yet. Glory to God. Well, I am already into it. This is just a setup for you in the name of Jesus. Now, make the, get your Bible out. Make this declaration with me. Hold it up big and strong and say, this is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. The Bible is the truth. It tells me 
what I should think. It tells me what I should believe, and it tells me how I should walk. The Word of God is the most important thing in life. Say it with me. The Word of God is the most important thing in life. Because without, in fact, it says in Proverbs chapter 4, it says wisdom, godly wisdom, is the chief thing, the principal thing, the most important thing in life. So what do you want to get first? You want to get wisdom. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much clout you have. If you are not operating according to the wisdom of God, you are limited to how far you can go. But man, when you get on the wisdom of God, when you get let get stored up on the word of God, when you begin to have your mind renewed to God's kingdom ways of doing things, it will change your life forever. Now, last week we was, we began talking about how God wanted to do a total makeover on you. He wanted to begin again with you and you and with I. And he wanted to, he, but see, the thing about it is he's always like, man, you was like the potter. You was like the clay that was marred in the, in the potter, according to Jeremiah 18, wanted to make you anew, another vessel that seemed right in his eyes. But you have to get in line with it. We found out that the children of Israel, they rejected God's offer for restoration. They rejected his ways. They said, we don't want your ways. We don't want your wisdom. We don't want your knowledge. We just want to do us. We want to do what feels good. We want to do what's right in our own eyes and what we can see in our own hearts. That's what we're going to do. Was that God's best for them? Nope. Was that God's desire for them? Nope. What was God's desire? That they be restored, restored to life. That they might not just life, not just living, but live the God kind of life. A life that's in abundance according to John chapter 10, verse 10. How it says the thief, talking about the adversary, he only comes for three things. He comes to steal your identity, to kill your purpose, and to destroy your life. But Jesus says, but I came. He said, I came not only that you might have life. He says that but that you would have life in abundance to the full, till it overflowed, the God kind of life, abundant life, eternal life, life like it was before Adam and Eve ever bowed their knee in the garden. That's the kind of life that Jesus came to give. But you have to understand that you have a choice in the matter. It's not automatic. God will not, cannot, absolutely will not force his way on you. You have to make a decision to receive it. It's a free gift. Now, most people say, man, I don't need all that because, you know, what I'm, I've been taught when I was growing up that my, if my goods outweigh my bad, if my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds, then that's what's going to be the determinant factor of whether or not I'm going to get into heaven or not. But see, the thing about it is, remember, we're talking about part of my responsibility is to 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 to. Uh, is to proclaim liberty to, to the captive and open it a prison to them are bound. Bound where? Bound in their own minds or in their own way of thinking. And you know what? We have the saying, if you think wrong, if you think long, choices are you going to think wrong. If you think long enough about the wrong things, you're going to be going in the wrong direction. We talked about how this year was a year of, of correction, direction, protection, 
and perfection. And that means how God is, is correction. I'm going to raise you back up to a standard uh, that is uh, of truth. So that's going to give you new direction that's going to point you in the way that you should go. It is going to ultimately be for your protection that protects you from all hurt, harm, or danger. He says, because the ultimate goal, the ultimate desire, just like the potter, is to bring you to a place of perfection, which is whole, complete, Lacking no good thing. Now, you said, well, how do you know that everybody needs salvation? Because I may not even need salvation. I might be able to, be, you know, I might be able, you know, purgatory, which is was, was actually a building fund. But purgatory says that, hey, if I even if I die, if I pay enough money, then I can get my loved ones into heaven. Well, I'm, I don't mean I mean no disrespect. But that is that's simply not true. There is scripturally is that is not biblically correct. How do you know? Turn with me over to Romans chapter three, verse number twenty-two, and this is where we're going to start talking again about the it, it, this week's message. If I was to give it a title, a new you, a new view, new you, new view. Are you ready? Let's go ahead and jump right in. Romans chapter 3, verse 22 says this. It says, I'm reading out an amplified version. It says this, and namely the righteousness of God, which comes by believing with personal trust and confidence, reliance on Jesus Christ. Now, how does the righteousness of God come? By believing with total personal confidence and trust on Jesus Christ. So you cannot you cannot do enough good works to make yourself righteous. What does that word righteous mean? It simply means to be in right standing or right relationship with God. That's what it means. When it says, I am the righteousness of God, I am one who's in right standing with God. Remember, Adam and Eve bowed their knee, and as a result of them bowing their knee, sin entered into the world. And that sin passed on to all men and women and boys and girls from the time you know from adam all the way up to the time even still to today but god had already sent jesus his son to make the ultimate sacrifice to restore us back to what right relationship with him but you have to receive it by faith now it says this it says namely the righteousness of which is of comes by believing personal trust and reliance on Jesus the Messiah and it is meant for all who believe for there is no distinction there's no distinction since all have sinned what do you say what's left out the word all nothing all everyone has sinned and fallen short of the honor and glory which God bestows and receives he says all are justified and made upright and in here's how remember the definition of righteousness is in right standing with god freely by his grace his unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. So he says, hey, you have been placed in right standing. You have an opportunity to be in right standing with God, simply believing in what it is Jesus had already done for you on the cross. All you have to do is believe. What is believing? All you have to do is take it. All you have to do is receive it in Jesus. And how do you receive it? By faith. He says this. He goes on to say, he says, 
whom God put forward before the eyes of all as, as a mercy seat and substitution by his blood. So what did Jesus do? Jesus purchased you and I back through the blood of Jesus. That's how redemption came. His blood cleansed us. He cleansed us and he gave a life-giving sacrifice of atonement, atonement and reconciliation or restoration to be received through faith. So what happened? Jesus went to the cross. Father said, hey, you know what? Adam, you bowed your knee. You, 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 you gave up all the authority I gave unto you. And you bowed your knee to the adversary. Now, what you used to have authority over now has authority over you. But he says in Genesis chapter 3, 15, he says, but I'm going to I'm going to through the seed that I'm going to bring. The adversary's seed will bruise Jesus heel when he was on the cross. But it says, but Jesus, the seed that will come forth, will crush the head or crush the authority of the one, the adversary. And what will he do? He will take back everything that was taken that's how we get back the life in abundance to the full till it overflows because of what it is jesus did for you and what he did for me on the cross you cannot do enough works to become righteous you cannot earn your righteousness even at your best works he says he says in isaiah he says your works your best works are no more than filthy rags because you still would have the nature of sin in your spirit man but he says but i've already sent my son jesus i've already made it available to you he's already paid the price to bring you back into right relationship to put you back in right standing to make you new all over again but you have to receive it by faith he goes on to say this he says go go creepy go to the he says but you have to receive it by faith Faith. It's not through your mama's faith. It's not through your grandmama's faith. It's not through your cousin's faith. It's you making the decision saying, you know what? I believe what it is Jesus did for me on the cross. And as a result, I believe in the finished works of Jesus. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to receive what he did for me because I trust in what it is he did for me. And with that one decision, you and when you believe it, when you confess that out of your mouth, because that's what you believe in your heart, what does it do? It puts you back in right relationship or in right standing, which was has already been made available to you. Go with me over to Ephesians chapter 2, just driving this point home. You have been made new if you received what it is that he did that jesus did for you on the cross but you have to receive it by faith you're not that same old person you're not just a low down dirty saint uh save you know you're not an old sinner saved by grace you you were once a sinner but now you're saved by grace said it with me i was once a sinner but now i'm saved made whole set free delivered and protected as a result of by grace through faith now ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 i'm reading out of the new king james version and it says this but god who is rich in mercy because of his great love 
with which he loved us because of God's great love. He loved us. Even when we were dead in our sins, we were so, we was all wrapped up in our sins. We was, we was, so, we was walking in the dark and we did not even realize it. He says, but he, we were once dead, separated from him because through our sins. But what did he do? He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, have you been saved? What happened? When we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we made him the head of our life, what did it do? It caused us to, what happened? We were born again, or we was renewed, or we was, we was, we was made whole, restored back into the way we were supposed to be before life ever happened. He goes on to say this. He says, and not only did he make us alive, but he also raised us up together and made us to sit together, together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse number eight says this. It says, for by grace you have been saved. That word saved means healed, set free, delivered, and made whole. How did you receive it? By grace through your faith. He says, and it's not of yourself. He says, it is the gift of God. He says, not of works. You cannot earn this. You cannot work enough good works to receive it. He's already made it available to you through grace by faith, but you have to receive it. You cannot work, earn it. You, you cannot do enough good works to receive it. You have to receive it by grace. He says, which God has prepared. Now think about this. You receive it by grace through faith, not even worse, lest any man tries to boast and said, I'm the one who made myself righteous. I'm the one who made myself clean. That means you still stuck in your old nature because there's not enough good works you could do, not enough Hail Marys you could say, not enough moon pies you could pass out, not enough incense you can burn to restore yourself into right relationship with the Father, except through what Christ has already done for you on the cross. He goes on to say, he says, not only has he restored us back, not only has he saved us and made us new, not only has, is our spirit man brand new, he says, but you are now, as a result of you being in Christ, you're God's workmanship. Like he's working you like the potter that's on it, but he's work, he's, you're his workmanship and he's created you in Christ Jesus. Because now, you know, before you received Jesus, you was outside of Christ. But he says, now that you have received him, now you are in Christ. What is that called? You are a member of the body of Christ. He says, he, he says, for, and what are you to do? For good works. He says, you're his workmanship. You're his instrument created in Christ to go forth and do what? Good works, which he before prepared before beforehand that we should walk in them in other words before you ever came out when before you ever you know took your first breath god already had a purpose he already had a plan he already had things for you to do but you have to make a decision whether or not you're going to do it See, the thing about it is, is, is as believers, we're supposed to go out and preach the good news of the gospel of the kingdom. We're supposed to let people know this is what the kingdom of God has to offer. This is what, how you, this is how you receive it through Christ Jesus. And this is the reason that why you must be born again. See, it's a free gift. He's already made it available to you. It's a free gift, but you have to receive it. 
John chapter 3, verse 3 talks about how, why must I receive this gift? He says, because Jesus answered and said unto Nicodemus, who was saying, how can you do the things that you do? How can you, how can, how can you make, perform the miracles you perform? How can you use the wisdom that you have? He says, the Nicodemus, in order for you to be able to do this, he says, most assuredly, I say unto you, unless a one is born again. He cannot see or understand, comprehend, or perceive the kingdom of God. You can't even understand God's way of doing things until you are born again. Because to you, it seems foolish. It seems stupid. It seems dumb. It makes no sense at all. He also goes on, and Nicodemus said, but man, how can I be born again? Jesus is talking spiritually. Nicodemus is talking naturally. He says this. He says, but how can I be born again? When I'm old, can I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born? He's a man. No, he says, Jesus answered and says, Moshe, surely Nicodemus, I say this to you. Unless one is born of water and of spirit, he says, he can, he or she cannot enter into the kingdom of God or into God's way of doing things unless you are born through water you come out through water through the chamber of your mama's womb and then you are born of your spirit not talking about you know talk we're talking about your spirit and, and you being your spirit being made new your 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 spirit being made new means when you receive Jesus, your Lord and Savior, he makes your change that old nature of sin that's in your spirit man he pulls that out and he makes you a new because you receive the Holy Spirit who is the helper. He's the governor. He's the one who is leading God you into all truth. He's the one who will teach you in all things. He's the one who will bring back to your remembrance all the things that Christ has said unto you. And he's also the one who will show you things to come. See, when you get born again, it's not just a matter of you just pray the prayer. But what happens is, is your, you are transitioned from one system of doing things into another. The world has its own system. It's called the, the world system or the Babylonian system or this world's rule, reign, and, and rulership. But then you have God's way. When you get born again, he's expecting you to begin to learn how to do it his way and God's way supersedes this world's way. But if you limit yourself to only think, only function, only talk, only walk, only do business after the nature and superficial customs of this world, you have capped yourself and you've already plateaued. But God says, I will, I'm trying to restore back to you that which the, the, the locusts have eaten. The canker worms, the palm worms, the caterpillar, that which the enemy has stolen from you because you have been locked in this pattern of thinking and you have said, I can only go so high. I can only do so much. I'm limited, but I'm here to tell you that because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you, you plus God makes the majority. Remember we said at the very beginning, it's because the spirit of the Lord is upon me, which enables me to do things that I ordinarily could not do in my own strength. What does grace do when you operate, uh, when you receive by grace through faith, grace enables you or equips you to do things that you in your own strength could not do. See, remember, You've been transitioned from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. It says this in Colossians chapter one. It says this, it says, 
in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 says this. He says, he, talking about Jesus, has delivered us from the power of darkness or from the kingdom of darkness. And he has conveyed or transitioned us. He's transitioned us into the kingdom of his son, the kingdom of God, the son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. What happened when Jesus shed his blood? He didn't only just shed his blood, but his blood washed away every sin, iniquity, and transgression, past, present, and future. See, when you become before God, before he sees you, see, this is you. And when he, God looks upon you, who, who's born again, guess what he sees? He sees you, and this is the blood. He sees you through the blood. He sees you washed. He sees you cleansed. He sees you made whole. And when you come to him, you don't have to come to him begging, oh, lovely. You don't have to go all the way. You just come, Father, I acknowledge the fact that I have missed the mark and I ask you for forgiveness. And I receive the forgiveness that's already been made available to me. Now I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to repent. I'm going to change the way I think. I'm going to, the next thing I'm going to, I'm going to return. I'm going to turn back to the way you originally instructed me to go and so that it enables you to do what restore unto me all that which you have made available to me in the name of Jesus now how do you know this was God's plan how do you know that these are this is what he's already said about me well go with me to first Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 and I have one more place and then it's that's where we're going to wrap up it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says this. It says, but as it is written, eye has not seen and ear has not heard or, or entered into the, nor has have entered into the man, the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So for those who love him, for those who reverence him, for those who have surrendered their life to him, God says, I have a plan. I have a purpose. I have things already prepared for you. And, but you, but what you have to do is you have to make a decision. I'm going to honor you, God. I'm going to surrender my life to him and I'm going to, I'm going to submit to his ways. He says this, he says, but he says, most people will say, well, I don't even know what those things are, but God goes on. He says, but God has revealed them or God will reveal them to us through his spirit. Who's the spirit of God? the Holy Spirit. When you become born again and you receive the Spirit of uh, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, then what happens is what does the Holy Spirit begin to do? He begins to bring to reveal to you the things that God has prepared for you. How do you know that's what he's going to do? Because it goes on to say, he says, for he says, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God, for what Man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man, he said, which is in him. He says, even so, no man, no one knows the things of God except who? The spirit of God. So a man who doesn't have the Holy Spirit doesn't know the things of God. Only thing a man who doesn't have the Holy Spirit know is the things that uh, that uh, deal with man or what he can understand with his with his fivefold thinking. He says, but but he says, but the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God, he knows all things. Yes, even the deep things. And he says this. He says, 
Now, we, talking about you, talking about me, who have received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, have, have, have surrendered our lives and become born again, has believed on the fact that Jesus raised, went to the cross, paid the sin debt, was raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father, and we believe what it is he did for us. We believe he has rest restored us. We believe, that, and we have made a decision to return to him. We have made a decision and allow God to restore back to us his original plans and intent. He says, now we have received not the spirit of this world or not the spirit of this world system. He says, but we have received the spirit talk, which is from God, which is the Holy Spirit that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. You hear that? It says, because you are born again, because you have made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because you have made a decision to become born again and allow your spirit to become made new, then what he's done is you have entered into the kingdom of God. So now you are able to see, remember before you got born again, you could not see, you could not comprehend, you could not perceive God's way of doing things. But the reason why you're able to see, perceive, and understand it now is because now you have the governor or the one who's able to reveal to you all things that concern about God, and that is the Holy Spirit. All that comes with you becoming born again. All that comes with you making a decision, man, I heard about Jesus. I heard what it is he did for me on the cross. I want to, I believe what it is he did, he did for me on the cross. I receive what it is he did for me on the cross. And now I'm made new. And now I, now that I know this, now that I have a, is a new, because I'm in Christ now I'm new, and now because I'm in Christ, I have a new view, and I see things much differently than I saw them before, because now I know who and what I am. Now, I'm going to share this last part, and this is where we're going to stop. Turn with me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, we're going to put it all together in one sweet package in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 14, I'm reading out in the New King James Version, and it says this. It says, for the love of Christ compels us. That word compel means it drives or urges with force or irresistibility or constrain or to oblige or necessitate. Now, it's saying, or it says like this, the love of Christ, which is in me, it urges me or it, it, it drives me or it constrains me to because it constrains us why does it constrain us because we judge or believe thus that if one died for all who is jesus then all died and he died for all that all should live who was that jesus died for all jesus was the gift to the world and that's a gift that's made available to the entire world, even though the entire a lot of people won't receive the gift. Doesn't negate the fact that the gift was made available to them. It says he died. He died for all, so all else died, and he he died when he died for all. He died that the, all of us should live, live what, live life in abundance to the full, 
till it overflows or the God kind of life that we no longer live for ourselves. We no longer live in it to ourselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. In other words, he says, I want to make the exchange with you. Let me take that old way of living. Let me take that old way of thinking. Let me take that old way of operating. Let me take that old nature of sin from you. He says, now, even if, regardless of what lifestyle, whether you're a drunkard, whether you're a whoremonger, whether you're an, an, an adulteress, or, or are you a thief, or you're a liar, or you, are you a, a drug addict, or you practicing homosexual, or lesbianism, or whatever you're practicing, he says, I tell you what, you lay down that old life and pick up my life. He says, lay down that old way of thinking. Will, will, if this person is, is practicing a, a wrong kind of lifestyle, will he receive it? He, yeah, he'll receive it, but what he says is, you lay down that old life and pick up my new life. Pick up the new life that I've already made available to you. Make the great exchange with him, he says. He says, he goes on to say this. He says, he says that you should no longer live unto yourself, but for him who died for them and he rose again. He says, therefore now, he says, he says, this, he, regard no one according to the flesh, even though. We have known Christ, Jesus, according to the flesh because he walked on earth. He says, yet we know him thus longer. He says this, therefore, as a result of everything he already said, therefore, as a result of everything he's already did, therefore, because you realize he died for you and you're no longer living unto yourself, but now you're going to live for the one who, who, who died and rose again for you. He says, therefore. If anyone is in Christ, anyone who has received Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior and has made a decision to trust in what it is he did and walk in his ways, he says, if any man is in Christ or woman, he or she is a new creature, a new creation, someone that's never existed before. He says, he said, glory to God. He says, old things, your old life, your old nature, your old way of, of doing things. It, all things are made new. He says, all those old things are passed away. Everything's made new. He didn't say, I'm going to leave a little bit of that old sin in you. I'm going to leave a little bit of that old nature in you. I'm gonna, he said, no, 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 no. When I do the total makeover, when I begin to make you new again, when I, Jesus makes you new, when God has made you new by what it is Jesus did for you on the cross, there is no old in, nature in you. And I will tell you this, but you still have to renew your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. But your spirit, man, the real you, is made new. Old things are passed away. He says, now, all things are of God who has reconciled or restored us to himself through Jesus Christ. So who restored you to himself? God restored you to himself through Jesus Christ. So if somebody said God just wants to hurt you, he just wants to kill you, he just want to use a fly swatter to swat you, man, then you didn't never read the Bible because if that if that's what he really wanted to do, he had no reason to send Jesus. He sent Jesus because he loves us. That's what he's talking about. Because of his great love for us and towards us, he restored us unto himself. He goes on to say, and he says, he's, he says, he's restored us to himself through Christ Jesus, and he has given you, and he's given to me a ministry, a, a, a ministry of what? A restoration, a reconciliation, that, that is that God was in Christ restoring the world, everybody in the world, back unto himself, 
He, he, he paid the price for all, but all would not receive it. He goes on to say, he says, he restored us back unto himself, not holding our sins or our trespasses against us any longer. He says, now you can freely come to him and receive what it is that Jesus did for you on the cross. He goes on to say, he says this, he says, not only his, he, he's, he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. What's the word of reconciliation? God's not mad at you. Jesus has already paid the price for you. All you have to do is receive what it is, I believe what it is he did for you on the cross, and you will be placed back in right standing with him. And all old things are passed away. Everything is made new. And he goes on and says, he says, now you are ambassadors or representatives for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. How does God get the message out to the world? Through you, through me. He sent you, he sent me to the world to let the world know what God had already done, how he'd already restored us back to himself through Christ Jesus, how he'd always, already made a way of escape for us. And he says this, and he says, for he made Jesus sin who knew no sin that you and I might become the righteousness or in right standing with God as a result of what Jesus did for him on the cross. You cannot earn it. It's a new you. Get this new view. You are in right standing with God right now. Your old nature has been changed. You have been made new. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And he's trying to show you all things that God has freely given unto you, but he can't do it against your will. You have to make a decision to be led by him. You have to make a decision to get into the word so you can understand how to operate according to this new rule, reign, and rulership, a.k.a. the kingdom of God. It's that simple. It's so simple, a child can do it. In fact, children do do it all the time. Man, you, he says, come like a heart of a child. You tell a child you're going to Disney World, he ain't seen a ticket, he ain't seen no, your, your, no bus fare, he ain't seen nothing. All you said is we're going, and that child believes you, and he goes around and tells the world, we going to Disney, we going to Disney, and they ain't seen nothing yet. And they're so convinced at what it is that you said that they take it sight unseen. And he's saying, when you make a decision to take what God has said in his word and believe what it is that he's already done for you, he says, then you can confess it out of your mouth, believe it in your heart, and you are back in right standing or right relationship with him. So will you do that with me tonight? Go ahead and just lean on in with me and just do that with me. And according to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this. It says, the word of God is near us, it's in our heart, it's in our mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach. That if we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. He'll set free, delivered, and made whole. But with the mouth, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, right standing. And with the heart, the man uh, believes unto salvation, wholeness, the uh, deliverance and sanctification say this with me say dear heavenly father in the name of jesus i do believe jesus christ he's the son of god i believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me i believe he was put in the grave but now he's risen he's alive right now lord jesus come into my heart 
and save me now. I turn from sin and I receive your offer of forgiveness. Now, right now, I'm in right standing. Right now, I am the righteousness of God. And right now, I enter into the kingdom of God and I receive the Holy Spirit now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, you pray that prayer for the very first time. I want to welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you back into right relationship, and welcome you back into right stance with God now. So what do you do next? Man, you got to get into a Bible-based church or a good church to teach you about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, about the kingdom of God, and about the love of God. We know that Ignite Depot is such a place. So if you want to join us here every week, at 6 p.m. Saturday, 6 p.m. Saturday, right here online. Man, we're here to teach you about, teach you the, the Word of God with, with practicality, with, rele, uh, with relevance, and with understanding so you can be a doer and not a hearer only. Our goal here each week is to re represent God and ignite life, identity, and purpose within our generation. We do that simply by helping you to know God, to find life, to restore identity and help you to discover your purpose. So on behalf of Pastor Joanne and the entire Night Nation, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And remember this, a new you brings out a new view. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.